Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. We hope this week's message encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, hey, good morning, Westbridge. What a, what a treat uh, to gather with you to start off our years together. And uh, this morning, we, we really have a special treat uh, in getting to hear uh, from our guest preacher, who is no guest or stranger to you, Doug Wicker. Uh, if you don't know Doug, or even if you do, then perhaps you know that he is a man who uh, absolutely loves chili. Apparently, he is a man who also... Um, will will seem like he's allergic to peanut butter because of his disdain uh, for it. Uh, he's, a, he's a man who has uh, worked uh, as, a, as a dairy farmer, and in the words of his own beloved wife, Abby, uh, you cannot take the dairy farmer out of him. And so uh, he currently works at Co-Alliance, but he also serves here at Westbridge as one uh, in a variety of different ways, but as one of our elders. And if you know Doug then you know uh, that he's a man who is relentlessly encouraging. I could personally share story after story about how he's encouraged uh, me as well, Uh, but he is a man who's relentlessly encouraging. He's a man whose life is marked by humility that really models that of the Lord Jesus. And so, man, I'm I'm just so excited to get to hear uh, what God has laid on his heart and and as he shares God's word with us. If you are... uh, standing in the landing. We are working on the live stream as well to run that in the high school room. So just as a heads up there. I'm going to pray for us, and then Doug will come and share with us this morning. God, thank you uh, for all of these people. Lord, as we quiet our hearts this morning, we want to hear from you, and we, we expect that we will. We want to be challenged by your word. We want to be encouraged by it. Lord, we we are in desperate need of help this morning. And as we start this new year together and uh, the unknowns of the year loom ahead, we know that you're a God who uh, is fully in charge, completely in control. And so help us to trust you. And we pray that we would uh, listen and be receptive to what uh, you have for us this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Well, good morning, church family. It is a privilege to be here this morning and to just remind us. I was, I was sitting here just to remind us of what the good news of great joy that the angels came and proclaimed to the shepherds. The good news of great joys that will be for all people, all people. And what, just a reminder of that this morning, and as you think over the past few weeks of what John has been going through, John's been going through the what just happened, and I've loved just the, um, the, how he's looked at the Christmas story a little bit this year, and as I've kind of walked through um, just the Christmas story this year a little bit, so the thing that's really stood out to me this year is the character of our God. So if you stop and think about how God brought about the Savior of the world, 
And you think about the, how he chose to do this, how he planned to do this from the time that it was ever set forth. He planned to do this by using people that were imperfect. All throughout time, he used imperfect people to fulfill his plan. And what great hope that gives for a guy like me standing in front of you today. But, but think about how he used the, old, the prophets of the Old Testament. Think about how he, he had their lives happen, and they, they recorded things that they didn't even know and understand that pointed to Jesus Christ. They, he used King Herod, an evil, wicked king, to make a decree to, to do a census so that, so that Mary and Joseph would move into Bethlehem so the scriptures would be fulfilled just as he said. So you look at Mary and Joseph and the humble beginnings of Mary and Joseph and just think through all that they went through. And, and the thing that I really struck me in Mary this year is think of her response. She has an angel of the Lord appear before her, and she's going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And how does she respond? How does she respond? She responds, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And just a great, great faith that you see in Mary and Joseph. You see the Magi. As, as part of the story. You see the shepherds abiding in their fields, just wandering around at night, keeping track of their, she- their sheep, and God has angels appear to them, and they go. So John went through, as you think through uh, the beginning, John actually went through um, the, this message of what just happened. He looked at who is Jesus? What did he do? And then what just happened, and how do we respond to all of that? And and the, the, the last point of today, the, I wanted to add another question to that. I want to answer another question. Is what do I do? In light of all of this that has just happened, the good news that has just been shared with me, what do I do? How do I respond to that? How do, do I respond like the Magi did? When I see Jesus, I fall down and I worship. Do I respond as the shepherds did? And after seeing all that had happened and they, they actually believe and understand, they go out and they proclaim the gospel to, to whoever they see and run into. And then you watch and walk through the gospels and the different reactions of the people that were with Jesus during his life on this earth. And you look at what some just fell in awe and wonder. And you think of the miracles that happened. You see some who with great fear of, of Imagine being in the middle of a storm and Jesus says, peace be still, and the water goes, Choom. and just the awe and wonder and the fear that comes with that. But yet there were some that rejected. There were some that, that desired to kill him. There were some that desired to crucify him, put him on a cross in response to what he had to say. And the question we wanted to look at today is how should we respond how do we want to do that? And I wanted to look at that through the eyes of Paul and through Paul's letter to the Colossians. So let's take out our Bibles and let's read through the book of Colossians. So if you remember, the book of Colossians was written by Paul um, to, this, to the church in Colossae. And Paul, it said that Paul has not, had not been to that church yet, but Epaphras, 
So Epaphras had been, and he had heard the word from Paul and actually took that. He took action with the words that he heard, went back to his hometown, and he told others. And they started a church. And in that church, there was some false teaching happening. And, and, and Paul wanted to write a letter, and he wanted to address those false teachings, but he also wanted to encourage them. He wanted to, to encourage them in their walk and what they've been doing. Um, and if you look, let's go to chapter 1, verse 9. And, and I, wanted to, I wanted you to see the encouragement that Paul is, is writing to the Corinthians, or to the Colossians, in the prayer that he starts right at the beginning here. And it says in one nine, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So you see that, that, that understanding, that knowledge. He's praying for them to have the knowledge. He's praying for them to have the understanding so that they can walk. So that they can walk. And the other thing I wanted to pull out is um, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing that knowledge. So as they took action, as they walk, they're increasing in their knowledge and understanding of him as well. So let's go on into the text, and let's look at one, uh, chapter 1, verse 15. And we answer the same questions John was walking through. Paul is actually reminding them, as he's writing this letter, of who is Jesus? Who is, who is Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So you think about all that, who is Jesus? He's the head. He's the image of, of the, he's the image of the God Almighty. He's the great creator. He holds all things together. How many times is the word all used throughout that text right there? He, he's the head of the church. He reconciles all things. And you see very quickly, he turns and he goes into, okay, what has Jesus done? And let's go to what's back up into one, chapter 1, verse 12. And it says, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So you, you see that inheritance that he has given us, the opportunity to achieve. He's delivered us. He's forgiven us. Let's go on into 121. And what else has Jesus done? And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, de doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. So he has <clears throat> reconciled us. He presents us holy 
and blameless before God. When God sees us, he sees his son. Let's go on into chapter 2, 13, to finish answering the question of what has he done. So chapter 2, 13 says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your faith, wow, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. He has set aside, nailing it to the cross. We are alive in him. We are forgiven. And I've, I've kind of intentionally not introduced myself until this point. Because this is where I think it fits in regards to this, this person that stands before you filled with the sin nature. This person who has been reconciled, who has been forgiven. All of those things. And I, I'm glad that um, I've had the opportunity to grow and mature in our church family with, with you as well. But in, in 2004, I'm going to back up in time. So my name is Doug Wicker, as Kyle said. And I've been um, coming to this church since about 2004 when Abby and I um, were going through life together. And the chaos of our house was, was chaos of our house, of the little kids running around. And, and just there has to be something more. And so thankful that Pastor Ron came knocking on our door one day and asked us, if we died today, do we know that we would go for he- to heaven for sure? And both Abby and I said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And through the grace and love of our God, we accepted Christ that night, and we were baptized here on this stage um, January 8th of 2005. And I'm a... If, so you ask me who I am, I'm a work in progress, right? Being transformed daily as I seek him and his will. Been saved by the grace of God. Not by works that I have done, but by the grace of an almighty God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ and given an abundant life, if I choose to believe in it. Do I blow it some days? I could ask my children if I blow it some days and they would say absolutely yes. But by the grace, by God's grace, his mercy, I grow towards maturity. I grow and um, I press on. So follower of Jesus, husband of my beautiful wife, Abby, and she does have to deal with all the craziness as was exampled yesterday a little bit, sometimes around our house. I am the father to Dalton, Dakota, Aubrey, and now Elizabeth, and soon to be Brooklyn as well. I am the son to Dave and Suzanne. I am the brother to Steve and Tim. I have the opportunity to serve as an elder in this church. I have the opportunity to lead a team at Co-Alliance. I'm an imperfect person that God chooses to work through, to continue to mold and shape me, but also to point others to our great God. So how do I respond to this? How do I respond to God's grace through his story of everything that has just happened that we've walked through? How do you respond? So let's go on into the text. Let's go back to Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So this is really, if you want to memorize some text this week, this would be it. 
So 2, 6, and 7. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So if you pull this text apart, you see the, the first thing right here is receive him. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Has he forgiven you of your sins? Receive him. In John 20, 31, you see all of the life of Jesus recorded. All of that so that, um, in John 20, 31, it says, written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So that you may believe. Walk in him. Take action. Move. Rooted and build up. And I hold this Bible up. Rooted and build up. Understanding. Digging into the word. Taking that word and actually applying it to your life. And actually learning from what you did with it that day. And then doing it again the next day. Rooted and built up in this word and in this truth. Established in the faith. Taking action. Taking action with the word that God has given us. And and walking. And as you do that, and think back in your life over the last year, and this is a great time, think back in your life over the last year and all of the blessings that God has given you and how you have grown and matured as, you, as you've interacted with the actions and the word and put it together, your confidence in the faith grows. And then lastly, be thankful. See the things that God has so graciously blessed us with and be thankful. He is working in you through all of the different interactions that you have, all of the different relationships. So if you, if you look through that text, so there's a lot there. And I can't see if John is here, but I hear John Taylor sitting here in my ear. Okay, so Doug, what does that mean? How do I do this? Right? What does this practically mean? Well, that's why I love the, the book of Colossians. Because in, in Colossians... Paul goes on and he answers that. How do I do that? How do I practically do what, you, what he just said? Well, let's go to, let's go to chapter 3. And here comes the um, warning statement in the, in the message this morning. I know it is January 1st. I know that a lot of you guys probably were up a little late last night. And the caution is, don't go too far into the text, Doug, because you're going to lose them, Right? You're going to lose them. But reality of it is, there is so much in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read through the, the chapter. And in order to stay awake this morning, I want you to underline in your Bible all of the action steps that Jesus, that, that Paul has us to do. I want you to underline the action steps in your Bible of what Paul has us to do. All right, so, so I'll kind of pause every once in a while. So... I'll try to wake you back up and we'll walk, keep walking through. So, so let's, let's, let's dig into chapter 3. So chapter 3, verse 1. If, the, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So there's the first one. You guys caught the first one, right? Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your minds... On the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also 
will appear with him in glory. And the, the thing that I've, as you study and you, you walk through this, there's so many parallels, right? Ephesians, Philippians, and all of this. And I throw out, I would tell you also, set your mind on things that are above. Philippians chapter 4, 8 is a great list of, of what are those things I need to be thinking about. He, he pulls that apart a little bit more. And then he goes on. So, so set your mind on those things. And then put to death. He doesn't say put them aside. He doesn't say put them under the rug. Put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? And, and we could talk a long time about the words that he chooses here. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So he starts out the chapter and he says, hey, think about these things. And then he goes right into says, hey, don't think about these things. Put them to death. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these two, and then I really, this is, this is Paul. And then you're like, yeah, don't do these things. And then he reminds you, hey, don't forget, in these two you once walked when you were living in them. So the grace, you hear that grace of show grace, right? Show love. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after it's the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, free, but Christ is all and in all. Do you see Christ in all? Put on then. How many, how many are we up to? I am not counting either. So put on then as God's chosen ones. So, so take off, put off, put to death all of these others, and then turn and then put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Did you catch what he just did? Put on then. He said, okay, so put on. And then he says, hey, don't forget, you're God's chosen ones. Holy and beloved. You just love how Paul just kind of throws that stuff in there. And don't miss it. Don't miss it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. I won't go too far into all, Yeah. We could talk a long time about that and how we treat each other and how we react to things that happen to us, right? And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. What's 1 Corinthians 13 tell us? We are nothing without love. We are nothing without love. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And there's a, there's a lot very quickly. He just hits you and hits you and hits you, right? And, and how many times in here, and this is, I kind of, I chuckle at myself a lot because, okay, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Okay, God, what do you, what do you think? Should I take this job? What, do you think I should do this? And do you think I should do that? And it's not in here. The thing I like is, is catch this, what's next? Verse 17 says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything. So if you think about everything we've just walked through, it's about getting ourselves right with God. It's about, it's about understanding our relationship with God and getting that right with God. As we shift, we're going we're to talk. And, and I brought up my relationships in the family and, and all of the different relationships I have because Paul really jumps right into that, right? So, okay, get yourself right. And then he's going to go into um, rules for the family. So how should I act as a family? Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Same thing. If you take, if you go to Ephesians 5, and he expands even wider into these household rules, right, in your families. So very much gives us direction in how we need to teach and um, act in our own families. But then he turns. He doesn't stop there. He says, hey, this work that you do, let, let's talk about that too. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And here's this word again. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Christ. Is that the attitude that I have when I go to work every day as I'm serving the Lord? And whatever I do, work heartily? I mean, Paul just keeps laying it on. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So let's go one step further. If you're, if you're over other people, masters, Treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray for also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. And then, how should I act towards people that are outside the church or outside of Christianity, right? It's, it goes on. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. 
So let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. There's a lot there, right? How many, how many did you guys get? Does anybody have a number? I've got to wake you all up now. So we, I'm, I've made it through. I've got to wake you all up. How many did you get? I count 29 action steps that Paul gives us. Not every one of them pertain to you exactly, but there's 29 action steps in, in, in how I can respond to verses 2, 6 through 7. And I'm going to remind us, <clears throat> what does 2, 2, 6, and 7 say? Therefore, so you don't have to memorize all of chapter 3, like, um, you don't have to remember all of chapter 3, but just remember chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I would encourage you this week to, to take the book of Colossians and read through it. It's four chapters. There's four chapters in the book of Colossians. It takes a slow reader like myself 15 to 20 minutes to get through the book of Colossians. And it is such a rich, rich text in how to walk. How to, how to walk with all of this knowledge and understanding that you've been given through the church and through his teachings. How do I walk? What does it look like? And I would encourage you to do that. Receive him, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, and be thankful. John has challenged us over the years to, to a one word, and this is not the challenge. He'll do that later. But the, the challenge to us is a one word. And, and my one word this past year um, has been abundantly. And I bring that up right now is because the enemy... The enemy doesn't want you to do anything with this text. The enemy doesn't want you to read the book of Colossians. The enemy doesn't want you to walk worthy. John 10.10 tells us the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Does it feel like that some days? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And how do you choose to live your life? But how do you choose to take the next step? Right? And, and, and why did I choose abundantly? Because I get tired of listening to the enemy telling me I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I can't stand up and do this, I can't do that, I can't, whatever. Jesus has come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for this new year and this new day that you have given us, Lord. You have given us this day, Lord, so that we may rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Lord, I pray as we walk into this new year, Lord, that we may walk worthy of the upward call of your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to walk, not to get lost, not to get pulled off to the side, Lord, but to walk in your ways, in your ways only. It is in only 
by the blood of your son. We can pray these things today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.